good-looking bunch of people. One or two exceptions here and there, but for the most part, pretty good. It's great to be back with you. Some of you, most of you maybe, don't know Susan Bozarth. You've heard of her, I'm sure, because you support her. The co-founder of this church, and she's a dear friend of my wife, Cece, and and mine. And uh, she sends you greetings and sent me a text this week and said, good things are happening in that church. Please don't mess it up. (laughs) How many of you that know Susan believe she really said that? Cece, would you stand? Let them see my better half and wave at everybody. So I'm on vacation. I refused to shave. Forgot to run a brush through my hair this morning. It's not a new style, but it, it works. It's a good, good, good to relax, right? But um, it's uh, you know we don't do this much. We're pretty strict about taking real vacations and uh, not working. Well, we always work a little, but by computer and connecting with the office. But um, I don't know. We just felt uh, the last time we were here that we should do this, and uh, this. This year, when it was suggested um, that we come back, we just thought, yeah, we want to do that. So we're thrilled to be here. We love Bill and Sue. We go way back with those guys. And I still haven't made up my mind about this young guy here on the front row, but I'm thinking about it. I'm disappointed we didn't get to meet his better half. I heard it's like way better. Actually, I've heard you're doing a great job, and it's great to get to know you. So I know that Sunday mornings we have time constraints. We have kids to think about and nurseries, classrooms. So I'm going to get right into the message, move fairly quickly today. Actually, what I want to do is walk you through... um, what I just would call a prophetic journey that I've been on, where the nation is concerned. That's my assignment, that's my focus, is uh, America. I I believe God is not finished with America. And uh, my love for this nation is not so much a nationalistic um, thing. It's not that I feel like we're the best or better or should be the, the best or better. It's connected entirely to the purposes of God in the earth. I believe he needs America, and he's not finished with America. And so years ago, I felt the Lord mantled me for this nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, that's where I keep my focus. That's what our ministry is all about. And I've been on a strange, interesting, strange, maybe not the best word, an interesting journey over the last few years that is very prophetic, filled with words, dreams, visions people have given me. Uh, Obviously, that all has to be judged biblically. Nothing takes priority over scripture. We know that. 
But these are words that I personally have prayed through, judged, and uh, have become convinced they're words from the Lord. And it's a very encouraging message uh, to, to give hope to all of us that God is not finished with America, that there is a great awakening coming that's going to touch this nation, not just this nation, the nations. I believe the greatest harvest in history is coming but that we are to be a part of that, and we're to get in on it as well. So years ago, probably at least 10, uh, I'd say probably a little more than that, the Lord began to speak to me about a verse of Scripture in Hebrews. The phrase in some translations says, By faith we know that the worlds were prepared by the, by the uh, word of the Lord. But the Greek translation is, is a little different than that, and most literal Greek translations would say it differently because the, the, the word there for world is not physical earth, it's, it's the ages. It's the ions in Greek. The ions were prepared, and, that, and that's not a word for create. This, word, this verse would include creation, but it's specifically talking about something else that you can put creation into. So it's not a bad... Uh, translation to to say the worlds were prepared, but it's not totally accurate. So it says the ages were, and the Greek word there is katartizo, which doesn't mean create, it means to put in proper position or connect properly. So what he's trying to say there is from the beginning the Lord declared the ages. This is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to go. This is where we're going to mess up. And even though there will be a fall and I'll have to bring correction and redemption, I know how to do that. I know the end from the beginning and I'm going to, and I've already decreed how I'm going to do that. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, right? So, so from the beginning, the ions were, were connected. Now there are dislocations that come into history and God has to heal those through the cleansing of the blood, and he, and he literally heals history. He restores the age-old foundations and the ancient paths, etc. So he began to fascinate me with that verse of Scripture. And, in the, excuse me, in the context of that verse, the connecting of the ages, he used a phrase one day in speaking to me that captivated me and has ever since captivated me. And that phrase was the synergy of the ages. Because he said to me, when the ages align properly, there are blessings and a multiplication of blessing and power that come. Malachi talks about a curse that happens when the ages disconnect. But when they connect properly, there is a multiplying of power that takes place. It's like Elijah and Elisha. It's a double portion. And so he started dealing with me about connecting to the roots, the righteous roots of our nation. We have some things that aren't righteous that have had to be prayed through, and there's been much repentance on behalf of the nation over slavery and broken covenants with Native people and shedding of innocent blood. But he started talking to me about connecting with uh, the plans and purposes of our fathers and basically what I believe his purpose for America. I can tell you with much conviction what I think God's purpose for America is. 
It's to be a beachhead for the gospel to the ends of the earth. I believe our destiny was prophesied, excuse me, when Robert Hunt planted a a cross on the beach in 1607 at Cape Henry. And he said, literally, the gospel will go from these shores, not only to this land, but to all the nations of the earth. That's our destiny. Our destiny is not to be the biggest and have the most. That's to help us accomplish our destiny. So I started connecting to those things, and I thought a lot about the synergy of the ages. And then there's an interesting dream given to me, not to me, but to a person who gave it to me, who shared it with with me in about, I think, 2007. And in this dream, I was a boxer. Some of you may have heard my message called Appeal to Heaven or read the book. If you haven't, you can go online and see YouTube or you can order the, the, the book from our website. But it talks about some of this journey I'm sharing today, but not all of it. But in this dream, I was a boxer and I boxed five giants. And I, I knocked out all five giants, one per round for five rounds. And I knocked each one out with one punch. And I alternated fists, and that's important in the dream. Because I walked after knocking out five giants, five rounds, one punch each, alternating fists. I walked out of the ring and walked up to the young man who had the dream, and I said to him, if you're going to take out the giants in this season, you're going to have to wear these two gloves. And one said Everlast, and one said Evergreen. And as I prayed that through, the Lord took me to Genesis 21:33, which he had already been dealing with me about. He'd been preparing me for this dream where Abraham called on everlasting God and planted an evergreen tree. And those symbolized, not to go into it, but I do in the book and some of the lengthier messages, but I'll just bullet you. They symbolize the nature and the character of God and covenant. Because the evergreen symbolizes forever, because it doesn't die in the fall, etc. So he showed me Abraham wore these two gloves, and for us to accomplish what we needed to and tap into the synergy of the ages, we would need to believe in the nature of God that He's bigger than our failures. Can you say amen to that? He was bigger than Abraham's failures. Hagar, Ishmael, unbelief, lied about his wife a couple times, said, she's my sister, don't kill me to take her, you can have her, she's my sister. Yes, Abraham did that, because he didn't start out perfect, but God worked with Abraham. So the God who's redemptive and who's merciful and keeps not just covenant, but covenant and mercy to a thousand generations. Cleansed him, walked him through that and brought him out on the other side. A faithful man, a covenant keeper and a man of unyielding faith. And God said to me, if you're going to believe that I'm going to save America, you're going to have to believe that I'm bigger than your failures. You're going to have to believe that I can do for this nation what I do for people. That my blood cleanses 
from all sin. And that in spite of all the failures and all the weaknesses, I'm bigger than that. And I can even heal history and I can connect the ages and get this nation back on track to accomplish its destiny. Then a flag was given to me called the Appeal to Heaven flag. I won't go into all that, but it has the evergreen tree on it. And one of the interesting things about that story is at the end of that Appeal to Heaven, Everlast Evergreen journey for me, another man had a dream, and in the dream he saw me declaring over seven generations of America, waving the flag. And this is what I said, and this is where I want to jump to a new part of this and carry on. But I was waving that flag that America was born under. If you don't know that, Google it. Appeal to heaven. George Washington, our founders, knew there's no way we could win the Revolutionary War and and capture our freedom unless God helped us. If God's in this, we can do it, but it's going to take a miracle because we could never defeat the most powerful empire in the world. We don't have the money. We don't have the weapons. We don't have an army. There's only one way we could do this, and that's if God's in this and he helps us. So they made a flag, put appeal to heaven on it, and it flew over the ships, the battlefields, saying, this is our hope, appeal to heaven. Did you know America was born under a prayer movement? And it was. And the evergreen tree is uh, picturing covenant. So in that dream, I was waving it over these seven generations of America, and I made this declaration, America is returning, as I waved the flag, America is returning to the ancient path in order to reap the harvest of the ages. That's a powerful phrase, isn't it? America is returning to the ancient path to reap the harvest of the ages. So now I'm going to fast forward to a year and a half ago. And the reason I shared all that is because some of these more recent prophetic encounters and words reference some of that. I gave you an awful lot in 10 minutes or whatever it is. So at the beginning of 2018, we were instructed by the Lord to host a conference in Washington, D.C. Based on a word from the Lord to our hearts and confirmed to others that there was a shift now taking place. And we were about to move, we were moving into a new season. Sometimes I refer to it as a new era that would begin this turnaround. We called it the turnaround. So we couldn't find any place in D.C. to do it. We checked everywhere. Some were filled, some didn't want us. When they heard it was a prayer gathering, they said, we're not interested. <clears throat> you believe that? So finally we tried the Trump Long story short, the Trump Hotel said to us, uh, we know all about this flag and we know all about these gatherings you've been doing, these prayer gatherings, and we would love for you to do this right here. And we're going to lower our prices because they are very expensive. <laughs> <clears throat> and we'll cut them basically in half. 
we would like for you to do it right here. And it was a, it was a very, for me, it was very historic. For us, it was very historic. Uh, I've got some up here, but if you'd just open it and hand it to me, that'd be great. Don't you all wish you had some water right now? <laughs> Y'all means you folks, okay? Are you, <clears throat> if you're not from Texas. So we hosted this, and it was basically three days of prayer. It wasn't a lot of speaking. We just said, we're going to pray. And we filled it up. People just said, this is God. We're going to do it. Even with the expense. Because it was still quite expensive, even though they lowered the prices. But here's a dream given to me at the end of this gathering that has impacted me deeply. I didn't have the dream. A friend of ours had the dream. And she says, I dream that I, along with two friends, fellow intercessors, and my mom and dad, were walking down Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. I knew the turnaround conference at the Trump Hotel was just ending at that very moment. The Trump Hotel is on Pennsylvania Avenue. I turned and saw a courier angel coming out of the doors of the hotel where the conference was ending. He was carrying a scroll, not a huge scroll, but fairly large. His face was set toward the U.S. Capitol building, and he headed immediately in that direction. We decided to follow him and did so even as he went into the Capitol. We then entered the place where the lawmakers assemble, the exact place where the State of the Union message is given. That would be the House Chambers. All the lawmakers were there in their seats. There were many people in the gallery. It was a packed house. The courier angel with the scroll was standing at the double doors that the presidents entered through and then loudly announced with authority and confidence, All rise. And just as had happened at the previous State of the Union address, some people stood while others disrespectfully and snidely stayed seated. The angel then opened the scroll and said very loudly and adamantly, the verdict has been determined. America shall be saved. Immediately, a cloud came from behind the angel and filled the room. Those who had stood at the angel's entrance crumpled to their knees, weeping, broken by the reality of God's presence. Some who had been seated were now on their knees, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. Others remained seated. says, I knew it was transformation, reformation being established for America's new reality. America shall be saved. I had an encounter with the Lord in 2000 where he downloaded to me his heart for this nation. And I wept uncontrollably for three and a half hours. I wept so hard at one point I literally thought I was going to die. I thought I would die of a broken heart. It hurt a place in me. I didn't know you could feel pain. But in that encounter, the Lord said this to me. He said, I must have America. 
for what I'm going to do around the world, I must have America. And America shall be saved. There is a third great awakening coming to this nation. And America shall be saved. Do not buy into the, the gloom and doom messages that say God is finished with America. Judgment's on the way and there's no hope. That is not right. <clears throat> Have we messed up? That's an understatement. But God is big enough to do with us just as he did with Israel many times. Arrest them in their sin and turn them. So, Number two in this latest round, a few months after this meeting, a friend of mine who's a true prophet sent me this dream. He said, Dutch, I dreamed last night that you and a small group of us were invited to see President Trump in the Oval Office. Now, a lot of, there's, Trump is mentioned two or three times in this dream, another dream, uh, to me, that represents the highest authority in the nation. Not necessarily, sometimes maybe, but not necessarily the man himself. It's that presidential office and what that represents. Uh, I don't endorse everything about our president or his past. But I do like some of the things he's doing. And I do believe God put him there. Don't want to get political. That's just what I believe. I don't have a mega hat, but that's what I believe. <clears throat> so she says, Dutch, I dreamed last night you and I and a small group of us were invited to see the president in the Oval Office. Upon arrival, after some small talk, POTUS Trump, very much in humility, <laughs> and see, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll comment on this again in a minute, I believe God has shown me there is a very, very transforming encounter that our president is going to have with the Lord. And I believe that very deeply. And I believe he's already being prepared for this. So President Trump, very much in humility, began to thank you for your leadership and the Appeal to Heaven prayer movement. He then presented to you an Appeal to Heaven flag he had signed which in this I don't see as an autograph. I see it as, as, a, as an authority from the highest office in the land of prayer and this prayer movement. <clears throat> he gave you the flag that he had signed and requested of you to organize a high-level strategic prayer task force. He told you that he would be releasing directly to you significant issues for prayer. He added that he had received this prophetic instruction from a very trusted voice, his wife, Melania, whom I have been told is the real deal when it comes to her salvation, that she is a very, very devout believer, spirit-filled believer. <clears throat> At that time, you presented to him a white stone and read to him Revelation 2.17. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, 
and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. He then quoted to you, being me, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now let me pause here and say, it's very significant to me because during the elections, a worship leader I know, her six-year-old, came to her and said, I just had an encounter and the Lord just told me who's going to be the next president. And mom said, okay, who is it? John. Well, there was no John. So she said, okay, hon. A few months later, right before the election, she was praying. She was weeping over the nation. So I said, what are you praying about? Praying about the elections of president. Frankly, the mother had issues with both Hillary Clinton and President Trump. And the boy said, well, I told you who's going to be president. John. Then mom found out later that the J in Donald J. Trump is John. The fact that the Lord referred to him as John and not Donald or the Donald <laughs> is very significant to me. Because in scriptures, John, Johns represent forerunning, change, more than that, intimacy with him, John the Beloved, the ability to hear from God, John the Revelator, so I've been praying since then. Why don't you join me in the future? I've been praying. I try to not look at the news, and I try not to listen to some of the tweets. i just been praying, Lord, transform Donald to the name you gave him, John. And in this vision or this dream, he referred to himself as John. His mother, by the way, his grandmother was saved in the great Welsh revival. His mother was then saved through that. In his genes, he doesn't know it, but he's a son of awakening. <clears throat> so he calls himself John. He then asked in the dream if he could pray for all of us. In his prayer, he said, and I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to it in the context of the appeal to heaven and the synergy of the ages and America returning to the ancient path to reap the harvest of the ages. He prayed this, Lord, let this man and these leaders convene a holy convocation that I might finish my eight years well and the ancient markers of our founding fathers be restored. I'm very aware that it's going to take the greatest awakening or revival this nation has ever seen to turn us around. But it's coming. Do not stop praying for your loved ones, your kids, your spouses. There is a great awakening coming. And we are, I believe we're already moving into the early stages of this.
Then he said, and this will mean, this, my life verse is Isaiah 22, 22. Give you the key of the house of David, authority, put on your shoulder, government, and you open doors nobody can close and close doors nobody can open. So then after he prayed that prayer, he presented to me a pager. And he said, when you see the number 2222, always answer your phone even though there will be no caller ID. So that I could pray, I'm sure. So anyway, I don't see some of these dreams when it's me in the dream. I honestly don't see it as sometimes me. I see it as what I represent, the prayer movement in America. So some of these things, you know, that might even, that may not be me. It may be someone else that's, involved in the prayer movement that's in there, you know, so, but, but I'm always aware that oftentimes when I'm in a dream or a vision somebody has, it's not always me, it's, it's what I do. Does that make sense? <clears throat> then as this escalated, I knew by the time we came to the end of last year, we're moving, really moving into this new season big time. And as Something started beginning happening with me that's never happened to me in 35 years of ministry. And four times in a month, people walked up to me, unrelated, different cities, and handed me a baggie of change. Just one was a little girl they were receiving love offering for me and instead of bringing it up to the front like everybody else she walked over to me and gave me this baggie full of change it's very very moving to me I thought well this God just wants to show me some love through this little girl but then three more times over the next month this happened to me I'm thinking about change. And I it was with my friend Chuck Pierce, who's a prophet, when the last one happened. And I said, Chuck, you need to prophesy into this. Come on, prophesy. <laughs> he looked at me and said, change is coming. <laughs> and I went, duh. <clears throat> Come on, man. Shouldn't have taken a prophet to know it. Anyway. And so what's the Lord, that's not, it never happened to me. And, you know, somebody give you a bag of money, you don't think much about it. And it was never a lot of money. And they weren't wealthy, expensive, rare coins. Probably total more, couldn't have totaled more, all of them, than $20, $25. So, Lord, what do you, what do you say? Change is coming. And change is coming quickly. You need to get ready because change is coming quickly. And a part of that change, America shall be saved. And we're going to return to the ancient path. So we can be a part of reaping the harvest of the ages. I believe places like this, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to come to a point where you just, and I don't believe it's that far away. What do we do? Another service? How do we how do we accommodate all these people coming to Christ, and all these people that have left, walked away from the Lord, coming back? 
I think in the next two or three years, some congregations are going to double just from the prodigals coming home. Or people have been disillusioned with church or life, and they're just going to show up and say, I just want to get to know God again. I'm watching my clock. It's 11-11. Which, not that some of you care because you're not weird prophetic like me, but 11 is the number of transition. And it just, I just happened to be on the change point. But for those of you that are prophetic and get excited, the rest of you can go, come on, get on with the rest of the message. Okay. <laughs> so then one of the prophetic guys that I run with, and I trust this man and his prophetic gifting, probably more than anybody I know. Because Chuck Pierce... When he tells me I think, then I interpret it as I think. But when he tells me the Lord spoke to me and gives me a word from the Lord, in my 20, I mean this sincerely, in my 20-year history with this man, it's never been wrong. When he says, thus saith the Lord, he's never missed it. So he came out in 03 and 04, he and I were, were given an assignment to go together to all 50 states. And we did that to rally the prayer movement. So a part of my assignment is to, is, to, is to bring hope, encouragement, prophetic insight, to keep the people, the remnant that's praying for this nation praying because that's what God is using. So that's a part of my assignment. So we would gather people and, and, and prophetic insights would come for that region and how to pray. And it would just inspire and encourage and <clears throat> we feel like it accomplished a lot. And he looked at me uh, uh, just about the time of the baggies coming to me. And he leaned over to me in a service and he said, I think we're supposed to go back to all the states. And with my schedule and age, even though I don't look my age, thank you very much. (laughs) But I feel my age. It's not age, it's miles. But I said, well, we'll pray about it. And we both prayed. He prayed, I prayed. Cece prayed. I'm sure he had others pray. And what we really felt the Lord say was, no, you don't, I don't, it wasn't an assignment to go to all the states, but to touch the prayer movement in all the states by going to regions. So he said, I, and so we, we were scheduling, we were going to about 20 different regions this year and gathering people from surrounding states. And our hope is that by doing that, we touch the whole nation to encourage, again, to encourage people to pray. Here's where we are in the process. Keep praying. And I said, what did you hear from the Lord, Chuck, specifically when you heard this assignment? What are we really supposed to do? Why are we doing this? He said, I heard three things. He said, I heard, number one, go and prepare the land for awakening. That's encouraging, isn't it? Start decreeing, prepare, prepare the way, it's time. Number two, he said, Restore God's hovering power. 
I won't go into all that, but if I, if I were teaching on the word hover, I would go to Genesis 1 when the Spirit of God was moving. And I would also explain to you that that literally is a reproductive term. It has to do with birthing. <clears throat> so if God's saying, release the hovering through prayer and prophetic decrees, he's saying, I'm ready to bring forth something. And the third thing he heard was, release the anointing to birth the future. Now, of course, that's not just Chuck and and I doing this. That's gathering the praying church and together the body of Christ is doing this. Anytime you hear anybody say something and it sounds like they're just the primary person God's using in the earth, you probably don't don't sow in that offering. Figure out what I have time for. I was. I suppose a month and a half ago, I was in New Jersey on one of these regional meetings that Chuck and I were doing, Atlantic City. And as it turns out, we weren't really expecting what happened. It became a a very, very weighty, spiritually speaking, in a good way, not oppressive, but heavy in a good way, meeting where the the Lord just, he was just there. And there was a native brother, a First, First Nations man there. And he shared for about 20 minutes before either one of us got up. They talked about the history of the nation. They talked about the Iroquois and how God had used the Iroquois in our founding. Much of our government in America came from the Iroquois. And he talked about that. And he talked about his heart to see the nation heal. And But he didn't do it from from a from a posture of of pain and he he wasn't even really challenging us he was just inspiring incredible hope and understanding of what the Lord wants to do with all of us in this land together and it was very moving I didn't want to get up and speak afterward I just thought this is this is holy and there was there was a lot of prayer then and, and prophecy about what God's going to do in the healing of our nation and the healing of the wounds of the past. That all will come through the awakening. It never will come through laws. 
<clears throat> if well-meaning people could do it through legislation, we'd have been healed a long time ago. It will only come through spiritual healing. Only God can get at the heart and bring us together. But it was holy and it, it brought us probably more hope than maybe I had ever had or as much as I'd ever felt that he's about to move in extraordinary ways in our nation. <clears throat> and a friend of mine is a true prophet, a very seasoned prophet, sent me this the next day. I dreamed last night that you were presented a skeleton key in the meeting in New Jersey. He looked it up. I looked it up later. Skeleton key is considered a master key. He said, in the meeting, Chuck prophesied to the atmosphere. And a keyhole appeared. You, being me, inserted the key and turned until a doorway was opened and a voice spoke from heaven. Welcome to the ancient pathway. America is returning to the ancient path to reap the harvest of the ages. Welcome to the ancient pathway reserved for this time, meaning this movement, this return. Here are the resources needed to complete the turning of the nation. America shall be saved. America will be saved. Let me finish with this and I'm going to just pray. We'll just agree in prayer over the nation for a couple of minutes. One more dream sent to me recently. I'm in this extreme prophetic whirlwind season. I don't, in my life, on a, on a regular basis, I'm not sent dreams every day or two or a week or two. I can go for two, three, four months, five months, and nobody send me anything. And now, and now I'm just going, slow down, I can't process all this. <clears throat> but this one, he says, the other day I had a vision, actually, of Dutch in a boxing ring with a giant. How many of you think I could relate to that immediately? That's the dream that started all this. I saw Dutch draw his hand back as if to deliver a blow. Of course, the giants are spiritual giants over the nation. Abortion, unrighteous government. I mean, there are others we could mention, but... Remember that I said you got to if you're going to take out the giants, you have to wear these two gloves: Everlast, Evergreen. 
God of eternity who's outside of time, bigger than your failures, that can redeem this nation, anybody, covenant. <clears throat> he said, as I drew back my hand in the dream, this is the strangest thing, but it's so powerful to me. I saw eternity come into the glove. The one called Everlast. It was as if from the days of Abraham until now, the synergy of the ages came into that glove as eternity. And I delivered a right cross. Maybe that's prophetic. Not an uppercut, not a jab, a cross. I delivered a right cross and knocked out the giant. Well, that's not me. That's the prayer movement. We're about to take out giants in this nation. We're about to see the Lord move in amazing ways. And when he does, when God moves in this way, it's like a spirit of revelation comes. So not only do, do will, will believers receive more revelation from God, from heaven, from the scriptures, Unbelievers will have the veil lifted. That's the meaning of the word revelation. The word revelation is apocalypsis. Apo means un. Calypsis means cover or veil. It's an unveiling. It's an uncovering. When that happens, when the heavens are rent and the heavens open, this spirit of revelation comes. It not only affects believers, it affects unbelievers. Their eyes are opened. People that thought one day way yesterday are going to think another way tomorrow. People have a veil over them where they just can't see, understand, can't get the gospel. Suddenly they can get it. This is what happens to them when they say, I don't know what was wrong with me all my life. I couldn't see it, but I see it. That's because an unveiling happened. And the whole atmosphere of cities will change and nations. And we're moving into that in America and other nations as well. I think the greatest harvest in history without even anything else being close is about to happen in Asia and the Middle East. And I believe we're going to see a billion souls come into the kingdom over the next couple of decades. So Lord, we, we thank you for your, your word. Thank you also for your voice. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we believe America shall be saved. We believe our sons and daughters are going to be saved. We believe children are going to be saved. We believe the old are going to be saved and everybody in between. We believe the poor and the rich, black, white, Latino, Asian, First Nations. Lord, you're coming with a movement of mercy and a movement of grace and love into this nation. Lord, we pray that our president will have this visitation, that you would transform him into John, that he would humble himself before you, hear your voice, love you, and Lord, you would use him to help in this process of returning us to the ancient markers. We thank you for the giants that are about to be knocked out through the power of Everlast, not our own strength, but The name that we wear, the name that is in us, the name that we wield, 
everlasting God, Yahweh, Elohim, Olam, that you are coming to save a nation. And as we swing, you'll fill the glove with power. And as we pray for awakening, as we pray for schools, you'll fill the glove with your power of everlasting, evergreen. And covenantal love will fill that school. It'll fill that city. And it'll fill inner cities. Lord, you're coming with signs, wonders, miracles to transform this land. We just say boldly, with great faith, change is coming. Change is coming and America will be saved. And we return to the ancient path, Jeremiah 6, 16. Stand at the crossroads. Look for the ancient path, the old way. When you find it, take it. We just decree over America, Jeremiah 6, 16. We're going to find and return to the ancient path of your word, of Christ, of the blood of Jesus, of the gospel from this land to the ends of the earth. Lord, I gave a lot of information in the last 45 minutes. Maybe too much. But I pray that great faith will surge in this house and in these people. That America will be saved. And a third great awakening is imminent. We ask you for that. We believe it's coming. We thank you for it. Thank you for listening to this Sunday sermon. Subscribe to our podcast for new messages weekly. Visit ChristianRenewalHHI.org for more resources. We hope you have a blessed week.